Ali Sadiq with us. He is at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday, and a Sunday as well. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. <laughs> Here you go, Tom. I used to sing this song all the time. When my kids were little, I was singing Atomic Dog all the time. Oh, my God, all the time. I love that song. That's George Clinton, Tevin. Okay, see, I've never heard that song before, but I've heard artists today sample that. So I'm familiar familiar with all the samples, but I've never actually heard the original. You heard Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Oh, yes. There we go. That's George Clinton, though. I think it's a wonderful story that I'll be able to tell my grandchildren. Yeah, there was this young 23-year-old black man. I had to educate him on <laughs> Parliament Funkadelic. They'll be like, cool, Grandpa, thanks. <laughs> That's great, Grandpa. <laughs> cool story. We were playing Atomic Dog. It was unbelievable. I don't know what you're talking about. Please leave me alone. <laughs> Give me five And then we played A Real Mother for You by Johnny Guitar Watson. Yeah. Hey, that's great stuff. It is. It, it's magnificent stuff. It's you know, it's music that I grew up with, and and in my twenties, it really. George Clinton. I was in my twenties and thirties when he got huge. I was lucky enough to see him perform live, and, and we were talking before the show started how George Clinton figured it out before anybody else. You could take the same ten or twelve people and make seven different bands on them, so you would open for yourself three or four times. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and George was actually both in both Parliament and Funkadelic. Yeah, so he'd even come out on stage a couple of times and and got seven, eight checks. He did. Yes, he's yeah. like, I'm a lead for <laughs> Funkadelic. I'm a lead for Parliament. I'm a guitar player in in this group. I it's own true. this group. He's like, yeah, same. It was like he's like the the you would let me see who you would know that did this. Maybe like. Master P or something. Oh, yeah. You know, no, Master, I know who Master P is. Master be P like, had a bunch of different groups. So it's almost like how like a young money or like a rap group that they open for each other. It's like it would be like Jay Z being in all the groups that he's oh, in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. All, yeah. Like yeah. that. But that idea came from George Clinton. Yeah. He's the one that invented the whole thing. Wait, it's 40 years ago. Probably longer than 40 years ago yeah, now. Probably longer now. But he's, how old is George now? George has to be like maybe 75. 75, yeah. Yeah, 75 going towards 80. God, what a talent. He's an amazing talent, George Clinton. Parliament Funkadelic, Funkenstein. Because I'm 42, and the first time I saw him, I was on my pop's shoulders. I was five. Oh, really? Yeah, at a concert. My pops took me to a concert at five. God. 
which which you could do back then. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it was a lot of scented aroma in the air. <laughs> and that's when I saw him come out the mothership. I because ne- I never forget that. I was five years old. I saw a whole ship. Because it was the Astrodome. Yeah. It was the Astrodome. This, this thing, he played the Astrodome. He didn't play like a small no. place. He played yeah. the Astrodome. Yeah. The eighth wonder of the world at the time. And he, it's like this long thing just came. A ship. It's an actual ship. They're in the ship. It's coming through. It lands on the stage. Door comes down. Bunch of smoke. And 30 people come out and stay. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It was wonderful. It's like, it, it, the ship is actually on the, is the album cover art. For I, I believe Parliament, Parliament's first album, I think. And you got on, and then I met Sir Nose, yeah, yeah. Sir Nose, and then this guy with a pamper on, which was Bootsy. Bootsy, Bootsy had on a pamper, a big diaper with these huge star shades on, <laughs> and Your then diapers. he would change. Then he would change. That's when he was with Funkadelic. Then he would change right. and come out with a big hat on, same shades, with a whole diamond outfit on. This good, so you like, yo, man, this is this dude is amazing. You know what his first solo album was called, Devin? No. Bootsy Collins' first solo album was called, uh, The Name is Bootsy, Baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's smooth. That's that, uh, <laughs> And the ah uh was actually on? It was actually okay. on the album. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was so much, it was so much fun, though. But they had the best album covers. They, Phenomenal. Because they had these, these albums that would you would see the cover, and then you would... Fold it out and see this whole oh, yeah. layout. Man, it, it was like it's not like CD covers now or whatever they do now. Like now, I, I had this album coming out with Comedy Central, and it's terrible because they want me to have these little cards, but I want a hard album. Yeah. I want something. Yeah. But I want my album cover to be like this weird type thing. They like, no, we do it very simple now. I'm like, I hate this. And that's too bad. You know, we're. T- I was talking about that with a with a vinyl collector. And I really do miss the days, and it's too bad, you know, that Andy and Alex, and probably even yeah, yeah, Mike, I would assume, to go into a record store when there was vinyl, it was an experience like no other. Because you would go in, and there'd be these albums everywhere, and just do what Ali was just doing, go through it all, and you would hear from all these different people in here, what's this, what's that, what's new here? You would learn so much about music just being in that music store. It was it was a hell of an experience, and that'll never happen again. It's too bad. It's um it's um vinyl enthusiast out mm-hmm. there still. Yeah. So when I when my album gets done, I'm gonna press up at least two thousand vinyls. I like it. To put I get out one. On I get it. Yes. You said me. Because I want to. I'm gonna do a different album cover for you my see, vinyl. I just put on there Ali. Ah, <laughs> uh, the name is Sadiq Baby. Ah, <laughs> uh, the name is Sadiq Baby. I love. It was funny because two days in a row. Uh, first of all, Terry was asking Ali how to pronounce his name because she grew up in the country. <laughs> but just yesterday, my wife, who was here then, uh, and it wasn't yesterday; it was on Tuesday actually. Shaka Senghor, who's a, a writer, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Shaka or not, but he he was in prison for 19 years for murder. He killed someone when he was 19 years old. He was in the, uh, he was doing uh, drug dealing in East Detroit, and he's written a book now about how the fact that 19 that he killed someone and how he regrets it and how he can teach young people everywhere how not to do something like that. But his name is Shaka, right? So Catherine says, she whispers to me, you're pronouncing his name wrong. I said, what? His name is Shanka. 
I said, honey, a shank is something that they stab with each other in prison. (laughs) His name is not Shank. Shanka. Shanka. So we had, she thought your name was pronounced Shattuck. Okay. Terry did. Thought your name was. Oh, she's uh, terrible with names. Acidic. She's horrible with names. She's terrible with names. names. Shattuck. She thought your name was Shattuck. I said, no, it's Sadiq. It's Sadiq. That's how you say the name. And then I told my wife yesterday, it's not Shanka, it's Shaka. But I said, you've heard of Shaka Khan. It's just that's spelled with a C. With a a C-H instead of, yeah. I think it's Shanka. So look at me. I'm like Mr. Urban Educator. Kevin and my wife and Terry and... <laughs> you got to you got to take care of everybody like you yeah you you the cake though you, but I understand like my my kids they understand where actual music came from because I'm I'm an enthusiast so I'm that's not even his album that's not even his beat like, I'm yeah, I'm right right like when somebody get a hit I'm so anti rap hits I'm like it's not if it's the beat then it's not your hit you put the words to it but it's not your hit it's the beat that really I'm listening to. Well, and that's it's, true. And it's a lot of these songs that have, I know the artists. Like, Juicy is not big. It's not Biggie. It's a whole other right. artist that, right. did, that did Juicy. And they they like, well, no, nah, that's Biggie. I'm like, no, it's well, not, No, it's man. not. And it's, you know where it's even worse? Well, just as bad as rap music is apparently. I'm not a big fan, so I don't know, but apparently country music. It is exactly the same song over and over and over again. Every country it song is. is the same song. <laughs> it's the true. same From song. Willie Nelson to Shania Twain, it's all the same songs. Willie was Willie was good, though. Willie Nelson was good. Yeah. He's the only, like, country singer that I can listen no, to. No Alan Jackson? I don't know who that is. Uh, you know, Alan Jackson had a great song called Remember When. And he oh, had a yeah. Great song For the called Twin Towers. Chattahoochee. Yeah, right, right. Chattahoochee. That, really that, good. I don't know none of the rest of his songs, but I know <laughs> Chattahoochee. <laughs> oh, you'd love Remember When. Oh, man. It was a magnificent song. There's no question about it. April Harmon on the phone. How you doing, April? I'm great. How are you? I love this. Social entrepreneur. Ooh. Yes, it sounds so lovely, doesn't it? <laughs> it does sound lovely. There's no question. We have uh, several people in studio, Andy and Alex, my son and daughter, Mike. And then Tevin, who's being educated on on uh, his black music. musicness, his black musicness. <laughs> okay. Well, and, hello, everyone. Uh, uh, Ali is with us as well. How you doing? I'm great. Now, April, where did you grow up? I grew up in Paris, Texas, which is a little small town in northeast Texas. Yeah. Uh, they actually made a movie about it years ago, but it really has nothing to do with Paris, Texas, but. Yeah, that's where I grew up, small town. And not that far from Houston. A little, little right. ways. Yeah, a little ways from right. Houston. Ali Sadiq is from Houston, as a matter of fact, April. So we can okay. talk Texas love- or we can talk being a social entrepreneur. Social. I love Texas. So, social you know, <laughs> I've been here all my life. Oh, I like this. Alex, this would be good for you. Yes. How can women start planning for retirement? I'm back in the Oh, um, find out. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's on you. What's <laughs> go ahead, April. Well, sorry. When, you know, women, that a lot of women don't plan, and it's really because of fear or lack of knowledge about money and finances. And, you know, I focus my what I do on just 
helping women overcome those fears, first of all, through financial literacy. I think that's really the first step to being prepared. It's just really overcoming the fear and learning the what products are available. Um, but some of the problems that, that women run into why they in, end up with shortage, shortages at retirement or limited assets, debt, uh, lack of insurance, lack of reliable sources of income, and then credit issues. So the solution to that would be to build their assets um, through investments, um, incomes, multiple income sources, uh, developing the skills to grow their income, and then uh, getting rid of any bad debts and managing the good debt because that's going to help increase their credit rating. And a lot of people don't see the association between a high credit score mm-hmm. and, and saving. But, you know, of course, the, the lower your credit score, the higher interest and fees that you pay, right. which does – you know, take away from um, income, you know, and um, there's the statistic says that a person can save over $100,000 just by having uh, a good credit score in, in their lifetime. And then, of, of course, proper insurance plans in place to cover um, those unexpected losses or unexpected events that happen, whether it's an unexpected pregnancy, unexpected health issues, um, or, um you know, loss of some property, even property insurance. So just having a good, diverse portfolio um, that covers your assets, that that reduces your debt, uh, that things and getting out of bad debt, you know, so. I know, a, I know a lot of men dealing with the unexpected pregnancy thing. What about that? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, true. You know, true. There is a trend. There is a trend where more men are becoming single parents or single fathers. Yeah. And so, you know, that's something to take into consideration because you get a, a kid gets sick. You know, one illness can one illness that causes you to have to be in the hospital multiple times in one year that can wipe out all of your savings. I mean, you're talking millions oh, yeah. of dollars just for one year, and that, and we see more and more and more of that, you know. So, do, um, do medical bills count against your credit? I don't, think, um, they, I don't that, think medical bills count against your credit. I think you, now, if you're trying to pay off your bills, that becomes different because my medical bills. But, I, but it does impact your your ability, your savings, because a lot of people pull from savings to pay medical bills. Not um, me. And so, you know, you, I'm one of the people when the I have I have a stack. You don't pay your bills. You don't pay. Your I don't bills. pay medical bills. <laughs> you don't pay medical bills. Man, I don't. I don't. That, I pay my other bills, but medical. Oh no. I I, I went. I went to the to the hospital with insurance, and they asked me, "Do I have it?" I said, "No." And, <laughs> like, I'm not using my insurance for something I don't have to pay. Well, see, there you go. But you know that's a cultural thing. But yeah, oh, it's what, a cultural what, thing. What, what oh, culture? Some people, some what people culture? actually pay their medical bills. What culture? <laughs> what, what, well, I'm I'm gonna say this, Miss Paris, Texas. I have a, I have a I have a a plethora of different friends from different cultural backgrounds, and we all feel the same. We all, we all feel the same. My white friends don't pay their medical bills. They the ones told me to stop paying mine. <laughs> I was stressing myself out over these bills. They were like, are you serious? So now I answer the phone when they call. You owe us money. Yes, I do. Now try to get it is a different problem. 
I would let me tell you who I would pay before I pay the medical. I would pay somebody who I borrowed some money in the street before I, until the hospital starts sending people out to whoop you in the yeah, street. Of, yeah. of, <laughs> That's true. I'm not paying you, and I got to pay Rick. <laughs> I'm gonna see Rick. I ain't gonna see you. That's yeah. a very good point. <laughs> Well, they there are that's that's you'll see a change in that because the medical facilities are starting to um, add those things to credit because you know they'll sell it to a creditor and then you know it ends up on your credit. Right. You sell it to a creditor, another creditor yeah. buys it, they right. buy, they sell it to somebody else. Then I, I'm not gonna be in a in a game. I got sick. It happens. See, right. I, I've been around it. I've been around the world doing stand up, and it irritates me when I come to America and they don't want to take care of their own people. I am a viable source of income to this country, and you, sh- I should be healthy, and you should want me to be healthy. Now, in other countries, they just hey, like I was doing this joke in, and I'm in Amsterdam. I'm doing this joke about car insurance, and it, it wasn't going over at all. I did it twice, and it wasn't going over. And this guy said. Let me tell you, it's a great joke for America, but not for here. It's like because we don't have deductibles. You yeah, pay your right. insurance, something happens to your car, they just they fix your car. I I got I got a no insurance ticket because I canceled my insurance because I got in a car accident, and the I called the insurance company. They said, "Well, you had to pay a five hundred dollar deductible." I said, "I've never had an accident before. Why don't y'all deduct it from all the money I've given you?" Prior yeah, to, this, to this, they was like, it doesn't work yeah. that way. And I'm like, well, yeah. I got a Spanish guy, which is cultural, um, <laughs> <laughs> that fixed cars <laughs> that charge me little or nothing. Right. I mean, it's, it's all about how you plan for, you know, risk management. That's what it's all about, you know. So when that happened, you obviously had some cash reserves to cover that. And that's kind of the thing. You know, it's like if you don't have it over here, you want to make sure you have it over here because things do happen. We don't, you know, want to happen. You know, April, regardless of your culture. I got to tell you something, April. The greatest thing about April calling in to talk about finance and all the rest of it, she looked at the website and said, oh, this is a white guy. We'll be all right. And then you show up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Dude. What? That's not how that works. You move this to that to that to this. <laughs> you paying bills? You paying bills? No. Next time April calls. I was Cole. a little nervous. Hey, Ali's not. Plan it? No, I didn't. It, I, April, I did not plan it. I did not. I don't do that kind of thing. It's all okay. cultural it's okay to me. If you did, I'm not <laughs> <into that. laughs> no, actually, April, I, I I did not know. I had no. I don't ever know in advance who my guests are going to be. I never. I don't do any like. Like show prep, I don't know who my guests are going to be. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. That's why great moments like this happen <laughs> when mm-hmm. I'm sitting here listening to April and Ali talking about. I ain't paying that bill. Forget it. <laughs> and I and, and I have was April. It would be it's it's outstanding. I have outstanding credit. Oh, April, it's crazy. I I'm the I'm one of the first. Not the I'm not the only, but I'm one of the first people in my family that actually own with my name on it a, a Mastercard. And my mom was like, "You got a Mastercard." <laughs> my, my mom, my mom is a college professor, history professor. And she's like, "You got a Mastercard." It was more exciting than I got a Mastercard. <laughs> then when I graduated, she was like, "She called, start calling people." You got a Mastercard. So me being <laughs> being the the person that I am, I start applying for other cards. And then oh. I thought MasterCard was it. 
Oh, but when I got the American Express is when it the game. So oh. I have American Express and it's like they threw a little party for me in the barbershop because when I got it because I brought oh, yeah. I brought the envelope like bam I'm opening it in the barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I mean though. It's I have Master American Express and Discover. The hard and it's, those last two are supposed to be the hardest ones to get. And I'm on the phone with the people with the with the discovery. It was like, can you tell us your in your monthly income? I have no idea how much money I make a month, ma'am. No idea. I couldn't tell you. I, I get money from all different places. Mm-hmm. You know, I may be, I may decide to work for my uncle for a week, and that's a whole different. Because he sell, he gets mad at um, my uncle is really upset about food trucks. Food. He don't like food. He, does, he doesn't like food. He has his own because he mm-hmm. was he been selling like smoked turkey legs out this back of this oh, Nova oh, for yeah. years. <laughs> and it, <laughs> for oh years. yeah, and I don't know how he aluminum foil the inside of a, mm-hmm. a Nova and they hot turkey legs always hot. <laughs> <laughs> and he's very irritated when he see food truck. Why I got to get a permit now? Because they in the market with me. I'm like, <laughs> I was here first. Yeah, was here first. yeah. that's true. So. I may make $34 messing with him. I don't know. Right. That's a possibility. You have multiple income streams, so you're it's on all the right cultural. track. You have good credit. You have multiple income streams. I mean, that's that's a those are positive things. But I'm not a woman. Plan. But I'm not a woman. And, not I a your, woman. and I know yours is based about my, my homegirls. But you don't have to be a woman. But you said women <laughs> planning you know for retirement. Women. You have women in your family. Now, let me tell you the best retirement plan I've ever heard in my life. My cousin... She was like, uh-oh. oh, I just got to, I just got to. <laughs> Why you say, uh-oh? This is uh-oh. not even cultural. <laughs> this is, this uh-oh. is for real. <laughs> That's why I said, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. She got a job at a, at a retirement home. And she was like, yo, I'm going to find me one of these rich dudes that's in this retirement. I'm going to take care of him. And I'm going to date him. I'm going to marry him. I'm going to be good. And you know that happened. I thought it was so far-fetched. She took care of this. A lot of people. And it wasn't even no man. It was she took care of this this older white lady Uh-oh. for years. For years. She married the older white no, lady. No, no, she just took care <laughs> of her for years. She didn't really care. And, and the lady passed the lady passed away and left her in the wheel. You know what the greatest part of that is, April? He looked at me, Ali looked at me and said, The best part of the story is, and the lady died. <laughs> That was the best part of the story. The good news is she's dead. <laughs> and my cousin is set. It worked out my for us. It, it really worked out. Now, I'm going to make everybody in this room feel really, really inadequate. Okay, April, you ready? Mm-hmm. April Harmon received her MBA from the University of Dallas and her bachelor's and master's degrees in social work for the University of Texas at Arlington. Likewise, she is a doctoral candidate in leadership studies from Our Lady of the Lake University School of Business and Leadership. She is a social entrepreneur, a clinical licensed clinical social worker, realtor, insurance agent, certified life coach, and nationally certified financial education instructor. See, I knew you did a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Are you getting a check from all of this? Multiple streams of income. Multiple right? streams of income. You, but what? What is your is your um what your student loans looking like? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I don't even want to talk about. Students. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know what? But I, I did. I received a lot of money in scholarships too, academic scholarships. So, academic. But scholarship. I do have a lot of student loans, and that's one of the big, you know. 
issues in Congress right now is how people are going to deal with that student loan debt. Right. You know? Student right. loan debt. I, I know a dude who went to a very prominent university, but he sleeps at his mom's house on the couch because she turned his room into like her sewing room and he doesn't want to sleep in there. <laughs> but he has he has a lot of letters behind his name and it's like, yo, uh-huh. man, I can't find a job. I'm like, you wasted your time, bud. Wasted your time. Well, it's, I think, you know, that has to do with planning because some people get degrees and they don't really have a plan before they go to school. And so that, you know, when you, that's why it's important to set goals and know because – you know, you want to get a degree in something that actually is in demand in the job market, you know. But Otherwise, what, if was, if you, what if it was in ahead. demand when you was in college and then you got out of college, it's null and void at this point? But, you know, proper planning and doing a little research will give you indicators there. A lot of people just don't. Uh, and it could be not from lack of knowledge, you know, of knowing how to plan it's like or no guidance. A lot of I didn't get any guidance. You know, I could have saved myself some years of college if I would have had more guidance, you know, um, in my career. So I think, you know, that's why I do what I do. That's really the passion behind what I do is because I know how much money I think I've blown or wasted or, or what have you uh, just from lack of knowledge, you know. Well, I know this. I know you couldn't. I know I live in this place in Houston called the Energy Corridor where it's a uh, lot. Yes. You, you've been there before? You've seen that uh-huh. area? Very nice area. Very ritzy. Nice. Upper, you know, upper crust <laughs> area oh, with all these go. gated communities and all of this. I had no clue. They tricked me. I thought it was. I thought my little community was multicultural because that's who they had on the brochure. Everybody, right. everybody. but they don't. Everybody doesn't live over there. It was just me right. and all these Indian people and all these white people. And, and one funny, yard from the Houston Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. One, this, like my my neighbor downstairs, very educated person. He had no idea that the um, oil and gas was going to turn different. Mm-hmm. So I told him because he was very uppity at first. And then gas, oil dropped down to $22 a barrel. And I'm like, hey, better put in an application at Ross. Y'all going to be hiring in a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> a of, yeah, a lot of people are laying off in the oil and gas. Yeah, you can't. But the, you know what? You know what I've seen? The, those that had a plan, a financial or retirement plan in place, tend to fare better than those that don't. <laughs> so if you spend every dime you made or what have you, didn't save it or whatever, you're definitely going to be in a crunch versus somebody that did. And so, you know, a lot of that comes from lack of knowledge, not knowing so what planning, to do money. Planning is the key. Culture sometimes plays into that. Too. You go you back to this culture, April. <laughs> <laughs> she loves talking because culture. <laughs> The culture, just like the psychology, sociology around money, as you know, that we learn just growing up, you know, that is a key factor in in how we manage money or how we save or how we do anything related to money, our financial decisions. Okay. You, because you talked about rap. I, I came in and you were talking about rappers, yeah, or something. I mean, you know, I could talk all day about the financial. Mismanagement of funds. Yeah, how's, Coo- how's Coolio doing? Yeah. Worth a hundred thousand dollars. Did you see that? Worth a hundred thousand. He's worth a hundred thousand dollars. All of his money's gone. That's a big. It's like uh, Mr. T. Didn't he go from like uh, however many millions to totally broke? No, that was Mike yeah, Tyson. Yeah, that happened. MC Hammer. Oh my. Mike MC Hammer. That. That's who it was. That's, yeah, yeah, MC Hammer. Do he you was know that the different gold chains guy. Do you know seventy-five percent of like pro athletes within a couple years of ending their career 
are broke. Yeah. Oh yeah, more than more than I mean, that. If you I go, mean, if you just if you break it down to football, more than that. Yeah. Foot, that football yeah, is overall, but that's seventy five percent. You know, know, and that and that what is that? That's lack of knowledge about money. So you, within that seventy between making money and knowing what to do with it. Within know? that seventy five percent, it the football industry is not even a it one percent of all football players retire with money. One percent. Off the one percent off the one percent that retire with money. Ninety nine percent of those of those, unless they start becoming a part of media, they're going to be broke within three years. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's it, that seventy five is probably made up of basketball and baseball. Somebody who's really irresponsible. It's what? Good <laughs> gracious, football! I don't even want my kid to play football. I'm like, no, yo, man, do that man. for what? And it's not, you know, if you, it's about planning. Those that do well afterwards tend to they have a plan for their career after their athletic, you know career is over and that just comes from planning and what do you you know what are you doing with your assets what are you doing with the money is the money working for you or are you working for the money because there will come a time where you can no longer work for the money that's very so true. you want to be in a position where it's it's working for you i need to take a 60 you know? second break april can you stay with us okay. or, or you have to sure. go all right be back I in 60 so. seconds you need to know a guy for your auto repairs legal issues banking and more the same goes for investment advice you need a guy to help you be successful someone you can trust who gets results Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. And when you pay your rent and your power note, you ain't got a damn thing left. Ain't that a bitch? Yes, it is. Somebody doing something slick. There you go, Tevin. Johnny Guitar Watson. See, I've never heard this before. April, you ever heard Johnny Guitar Watson before? We're having we're having R and B and funk class here at the Tom Bernard Show.com, headed up by a, an older white guy. Yeah, <laughs> Professor Tom. <laughs> Professor Tom. So, That's exactly I've right. always wondered, why is it that uh, professional athletes don't get accountants assigned to them? They do. Well, they how, do, but they don't. Some yeah. of them turn them down. Oh, you don't have to do it? You just A lot of the broke ones turn them down. <laughs> yeah, that will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing you have to remember about this, and April, you know this to be true, that when mm-hmm. a, young, a 23-year-old young man or woman signs a multi-million dollar contract, people are coming out of the woodwork from the old neighborhood. Oh, yeah. I'm your father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are. They're coming out of the woodwork. And they get, you know, they feel bad. A lot of people also who, who grew up very poor, I grew up extremely poor, you want mm-hmm. to take everybody with you when you leave. Yeah. You know, you do. You want to take everybody you possibly can with you, and you just can't afford to do that kind of thing. Nobody can afford that. Right. And that, that comes with, because a lot of, you know, there's a lot of guilt around making money. Right. And that goes back to, you know, 
our, how we were socialized about money, you know, and our psychology of money and, and what we were taught about money. Because if you think inherent, if you think internally that money is bad in some kind of way, you will do, you're going to just subconsciously do everything to get rid of it. It's like, that's interesting. Without even knowing it, you That's know, very good. spend it all, give it all away, or whatever. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. I don't think people think about that either. That, and I've never even considered that the fact that that there's mm-hmm. so, such a stigma around money that you subconsciously mm-hmm. try to get rid of it in a way. That makes Money, sense. Yeah. Money's the root of all evil. Yeah. All evil. <laughs> a lot of people think that you know, and it's so if you think evil. money is evil, why would you want to keep it? Why would you know? Remember what Reverend want- Ike said, though. You ever heard of Reverend Ike? Reverend Ike. Reverend Ike was an African-American gentleman about 45, 50 years ago. He was a big-time preacher from Boston, Massachusetts. Yes. And he got up in front of his congregation one time and said, you may not think so, but there is a place for money in this world, and it's right here in my pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Reverend Ike. Reverend Ike was unbelievable. Look it up, April. You'd love Reverend Ike. He was was amazing. Uh, Okay, I will do that. All right. Yeah, but I mean, well, you think about what we learn in church too about money. You know, oh my goodness, and it's, you know, that's a whole other conversation. Because, yep, you know, we give money, and then you know we expect. Why are we giving and not expecting? And then you know we build mega churches and, and communities that are very poor. I which I don't understand. You right. Know? Mm. Uh, we have no grocery stores with adequate food in certain communities, but we <laughs> right. have multi-million dollar churches. Um, you know, so I don't, you know, that's, that's another lecture. Yeah, that's a whole nother. Like, I, I, while you were saying it, I thought of a whole place in this country. I know. Um, you ever heard of Shreveport, Texas? I mean, Shreveport, Louisiana? Louisiana, yeah. Of course, yeah. Shreveport, Louisiana has the largest African-American community in the country. It's, that's in the Guinness Book of World Records. Ten miles wide, ten miles long, with no franchise businesses on it, and no there grocery stores. None, not in the whole area. How many churches? How many churches? Probably sixty-seven <laughs> churches. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably true. This is why this country doesn't. Uh, if, when you talk about planning, I, I go back to when you was talking about planning and poor preparation and this and third. So, do you think that Donald Trump is a good speaker because he has the worst planning because he doesn't? Anybody who doesn't write a speech for something and you speaking to people, you don't write a speech and you just going off the cuff. I don't that's that's terrible planning. That's very I'm terrible very planning. Hey, I, he doesn't plan his speeches. Oh, I'm sorry. But no. he does have a strategy. I mean, we don't like the strategy, but he he knows what he's doing, you he, know. He's it's called and, it's called cynicism. He's in a position he's in a position financially where you know, he doesn't really have the the same um, concern that maybe others do because uh, of that in terms of supporters and things like that. So, and that goes, I mean, and that's anybody that's wealthy, even though he inherited his wealth, you know, but wealth does give you a little more, you know, what ability to, it makes people feel more powerful. It makes them feel more in control of their own destiny. I think that's what you're seeing with him. But it's you know, it for him, he's gonna win even if he loses. Yeah, that's because very he's true. increased he, his popularity. That's increased, you know, his wealth in some kind of way. Jed spent sure. what, um, hundred and eighty three million? Yeah. On the campaign. Yeah. For nothing. For and I nothing. think, you know, that's his ultimate agenda. I mean when it's kinda like whatever, let's just see what happens. Then 
tax write off. Oh yeah, he's, I, he's yeah. he's set for life, so it's like, yeah, why not? Why not run and yeah, keep saying not, the same you know. thing of meaningless speech? We are gonna make America yeah. great. How though, Trump? You ain't said. You never mentioned how. You just keep saying it. Which you know, I'm I'm listening. I'm not for anybody anybody in this particular race, but I want somebody to uh, can 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 a sleeper come out right now? Can like a can somebody just jump candy. in right now yeah, and be like, somebody hey, else, somebody else? Hey, yeah, I'm I'm running now. <clears throat> Reverend Ike, just come on, <laughs> Reverend Ike's gonna be. Yeah. You and I talked about it though. You should be vice president. Yes. I should be the vice president. Ali Sadiq, vice president of the United States of America. First thing I'm getting rid of is medical bills. <laughs> <laughs> no medical bills. You know what I think you should do? It, I think you should just wipe everybody's credit score clean. I would just start. That's what, everybody's credit score. No, that's my plan for new. That's my plan for New Year's. See, it's okay, not a okay. new year right. if you still have old bills. That's a good <laughs> point. Not like we start you fresh. If point. you make a whole year. Don't pay no rent to February. We good. We start. We start you over. Start you over. <laughs> you think, Alex? You like that? Thing. I think you should implement that every year. Just yeah. Because like, you know, how would that work? It's like we spend all know. this money for New Year's to go out, and then you get nothing for it. You get right. nothing besides a, a picture of you. Uh, I don't. I don't know a broken bottle of champagne. I don't know what you get, but you get nothing. So in my in my vice presidency, in my plan. Get rid of medical bills, and at each New Year's will be big. Oh, you can shine for New Year's. <laughs> you can spend all your money for New Year's because you pay no rent for January. No rent, no bills okay. for January. I'm starting you over. It's like you just. It's like you a new subscriber. You get the first month free. First month free. Start you back <laughs> over. Like Netflix. <laughs> Start you back over. Wow. Call it your Netflix plan. <laughs> the same thing. I like that plan. <laughs> April, you got to come back. Now, April, how do people, if they want to get a hold of you, how do they reach you? Go to my website, www.mindinghermoney.com. Uh, my number's on there. My uh, direct cell phone number is 214-769-9178. If you have any questions about improving your financial situation. So you in Dallas. You should not have given out I that am. phone number because now Ali has it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to call you because you're way too busy. You ready? <laughs> oh, my God. That's what people say about me all the time, you know. So anyway, well, you've got ambition. That's a good thing. Uh, April, do you mind just ballpark? How, how old are you? I am thirty-six years old. Because th- you sound like you're about twenty-five, and I'm going. How'd you get all this done by the time you're twenty-five <laughs> years I, old? She's yeah, I've very well working. managed. Yes, very well managed. Yeah. April, Thank you. I appreciate I'm very, very impressed. And please come back and join us again very soon. I will. I enjoyed it. You guys have a great day. You too, April. April Harmon, ladies Bye. and gentlemen. All the information Bye. right there. Bye-bye, April. Well, you, you, you handled that very well. But I could tell by the tone of her voice it was the greatest because we pop her on and I'm starting talking to her. And all of a sudden you started talking and she got this tone of her voice like, I thought this was like an older white guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk sensible. It was very funny. But then remember what she said about it. It kind of slipped by and nobody noticed because I said, I know you looked at the web, the website, and saw it was just this, this white guy, and she and she said under her breath, "Yeah, I was kind of worried about that." <laughs> she did say that, which I thought was pretty funny. I was kind of worried about that. See, no, you got, you, but you talk common sense with her. Mm. You know, it worked out very well. Now, how far is Paris, Texas, from Houston? Oh, not very. It's it's like in between Houston and Dallas, like East Texas. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, like that little. 
funny type area because it, it it may seem like you can get there easily. Yeah. It take, it's, it's parts of Texas that it seems like it's right there, but then all of a sudden you'd be driving for four hours. You're like, I like, you know. I weird. drove back. I think I was talking to you guys. Yeah, you told you me, me 33, 33, 33 hours. If you come through Illinois into northern Iowa and then try to cut up to Minnesota, all roads will lead you back into Wisconsin, and you can't get into Minnesota for like four hours because there's no roads to get in there because there's a big river and all that, and they didn't. I guess they didn't think about putting any bridges in or something. Yeah, I mean, it's what you're talking about. There's just like no way to get there. No way to get there. It's bizarre. I'm very nervous about bridges because I watch are. a lot of history channels and and yeah. When they, I, I'm watching this show and it said it's four thousand bridges in the United States that have not been maintenance since uh, they were built. Uh, and I was like, Oh, you drive under <clears> some of these bridges and it's like, how is this not crumbling? I down? know they're like seven hundred <laughs> years old. I don't understand. Out. Well, Minnesota's not. Ex- we don't have the best reputation for bridges. Yeah, the no. thirty-five, yeah, 35. bridge going down. That was not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. That was so, just a question yesterday on Jeopardy. As a matter of fact. Uh, the, you and Jeopardy, you're turning into your mother more every I'm day. So, I'm so I, I used to love Jeopardy. I used to love Jeopardy. Not anymore. I'm I'm tainted because <laughs> okay. Alex Trebek, man. Yeah, we in the airport. I'm I'm doing this club called Levity oh, Live, no. and I'm in New York in the airport at JFK. I'm coming through, and I see. And I'm excited because I see Alex Trebek for the first time ever outside right. of TV. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, Alex, um, can I take a picture with you? I don't take pictures in the morning. Oh, what? yeah. Don't do that, Alex. Oh, no. And I'm thinking in my mind, Alex, you think that a young African-American man would just walk up to you in the middle of an airport and ask you to take a picture if I didn't know who you were and I wasn't excited about seeing you? Right. But yeah. Okay, but okay, Alex. No problem. That's an, oh, I don't like I have I have not watched Jeffrey <clears throat> since. I understand why you... I, I, I'm I, so tainted. I don't get that. Why people... First of all... I guarantee you that that if you go, you know, they talk about degrees. If you go two, three, four degrees down, you know somebody that Alex Trebek knows. So why do you want to treat you like shit when your friend's going to find about it and go, why did you treat Ali like shit? He's a friend of mine. But it's not yeah. like it was like it was a I, mob just, of people trying to take pictures. I know. Of yeah. Weird. It was just, it was just me and you. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's, that's like clearly you were a fan and that's just going to make it's, you not like him. It's me and you, Alex. So weird. I know. that, I, I, And I and I have to take this. I had to take this from my friend. He told me if it's somebody that you're a fan of, never approach him because it'll taint you. Mm-hmm. And I and no, the, that is true. And the four that times is. that I've had, I've stepped outside the box and took a risk. I cussed out Patrick Ewing in a luggage store in the gallery. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're about I, the same height. I, I couldn't take it. <laughs> I could not I couldn't t- take it. I walked in. I was like, Patrick Ewing, one of my favorite players of right, all times, right. being a Nick fan. And I'm like, yo, I have your shoes when you had when you was with Adidas. I have your own shoes when you had the 33 with the the, the, re- the ugliest shoes of all time. Of all but time. I loved you, so I got the shoes. I'm like, can I get a picture? And he just looked at me like, no, I don't. And I walked out, and I couldn't take My best friend was with me at the time, and I couldn't take it. I said, you know something? No, I'm I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him how I feel about him. And I walked in, and I said, you know something? You Patrick. You can say fuck you, Patrick. You on this show. Oh, I can say, I said, man, fuck you, Patrick. You full of shit ass little hand having motherfucker. (laughs) I couldn't take it, man. And, and I didn't even go to Rockets games while he was coaching. And I was like, yo, man, fuck Patrick Ewing, man. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. And we then Paul you... Mooney. 
Paul Mooney wouldn't. Really? I, the well, reason, he is not the most friendly man on earth. The reason why I even learned how to do comedy from a stool is because of Paul Mooney. Well, I thought a, that was. Great comedy writer. And, and a great stand-up. We doing a show together. I've been on this show with him the whole weekend. Obviously, you know, Paul, that I'm not the doorman, nor right, do I right. count the room. I don't do any of this. He walks into the green room and asks me, how many people out there? I'm, I, hey, Paul, I don't know. I came in the same interest you came right. in. Um, well, you should count the room. You should count the room. <laughs> you got the room. <laughs> <laughs> that and, went well, I bet. And I got up and I said, Paul, I don't, I don't, I don't count rooms. I don't count rooms. That's not my job. So, the 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 GM is a friend of mine, Raymond Cook. He says, "Well, the room is packed. You should tell your little white friend that the room is packed." And I got up and I said, "Paul, if you don't want me to kick the shit out you <laughs> in this green room, leave me alone, man." And I, I say, like "You that. one of my I idols, like but I'm going to smash your face." <laughs> Did you say, listen here, Negro Damas? <laughs> I should have. <laughs> you, you I'm like, yo, have. man, why you, why you talking to me crazy? So then we did another show in, in Austin together. His green room was right next to mine. He doesn't want to speak. I'm not speaking. And it's like, it's, it's like, do y'all know each other? I said, yes, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take go my last We room. have history. You guys got to hit the road? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I kind of thought you did. I mean, well, you know what? I'm, Nowhere I'm just, special. Nowhere Took special. Taking him home. I'm trying to find a pipe because uh, uh, I, I I'm, I'm I, I smoke a pipe, not a crack oh, that, pipe, people. <laughs> no, 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 not a crack no, pipe. I smoke a real pipe. A tobacco store around here. And I left my Wrong pipe because I said I was gonna say, "Oh, I'm not gonna smoke my little pipe this weekend. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be sane." And then I can't. I'm, I need tobacco and a pipe, so. I have a little pipe. All right, well, we'll, we'll figure that out. Somebody I'll go knows. To, go to, well, thank you very much for coming. It was a great, great I, to see you. I had a wonderful time. You're much nicer than Paul Mooney. My, I sure am. <laughs> I sure am. <laughs> Ali Sadiq is at Rick Bronson's House Comedy tonight, tomorrow night for two shows, Saturday for two shows, and a show on Sunday at 7 o'clock as well. Tevin, always a pleasure. Yep, I'm going to have Ali count the room. This weekend, yeah. <laughs> you just do it. Do, do it from stage. Do Let it from stage. Know. I'm gonna do it from the stage. I'm like, um, I need how many people for a bonus? <laughs> <laughs> we'll take that break here. Thanks for being with us. Part one. We'll be back uh, in about 90 seconds, and then again in about seven minutes. It's it's going to be tight, but we'll get it done. Be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here with Terry Sandvold from Sandvold and Associates. Terry and I were just sitting around talking over the last few weeks. Before I met Terry, I always thought, well, I'll take my Social Security at 65 and I'll take my retirement benefits at 65. And I think that's the impression that most people get. You take everything at 65 and that'll be the greatest. But since Catherine is almost eight years younger than I am, that's not the best route to take. It might not be for Social Security, for example, because uh, if you take yours at 70, between Mm -hmm. 65 and 70, it goes up about 8% per year that you wait. If you don't outlive Catherine mm-hmm. and you die first, she can get your benefit versus her benefit. She gets the higher of the two, which could be a much higher number. Sandvold and Associates. Call 952-544-2837 or go to helpmeterry.com.
Registered representative of and securities offered through Questar Capital Corporation, QCC, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Questar Asset Management, QAM, a registered investment advisor. Sandvold & Associates is independent of QCC and QAM. <coughs> Sandvold Financial Group, ladies and gentlemen, complimentary financial seminars. Are you making the right moves for your financial future? On Wednesday, March 23rd, that is next Wednesday, at the Plymouth Library, 15,736th Avenue North in Plymouth, Minnesota. It's at 6.30 p.m., changes in Social Security, last chance. Then again, Tuesday, April 5th, Metro Point Business Center on the second floor at San Bolden Associates. Uh, dinner served at 6 p.m. that night. So it's at 6.30 next Wednesday and then 6 p.m. on April 5th. You can RSVP by calling 952-544-2837 or go to helpmeterry.com. My pillow saves me again, as it always does. You take it out of the package, you dry it, you fluff it up, you form it. <clears throat> it's still that way, and I'm almost over my cold now, thank God, because I'm getting some sleep in large part because of the my pillow buy one get one free with promo code tom there's a 10-year warranty guaranteed not to go flat 60-day money-back guarantee patented interlock and fill that adjusts your individual sleep needs it's washable it's dryable it's usa minnesota made it is the official pillow of the national sleep foundation to get that buy one get one free offer just call 1-800-516-5146 or go to mypillow.com All right, can we be back in five minutes, Andy? It's going to be very tough. Okay, we'll be yeah, back the so. absolute second we can be back. Thanks for listening to part one. Back part two as soon as possible.